0: good afternoon beautiful people welcome to episode four of the clutch down podcast the free agency special part two definitely a lot to go through again so let's get into it so start with the players that were cut you had wide receivers cole beasley who was cut from the bills Great slot receiver in his time there, had nearly a 1,000 yards in 2020 for the Bills, and then Julio Jones, who was cut from Tennessee, was traded there last season, kind of played a few good games whilst he was there, but spent most of his time injured, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes next, maybe that's a, a reunion with Matt Ryan, who is now obviously on the Colts, but we'll chat a bit more about that later. Guard Eric Flowers was cut from Washington and Trey Hopkins was cut from Cincinnati. Then tackle Zach Banner was cut from Pittsburgh. Defensive ends Trey Flowers was cut from the Lions and Matthew Ionidas was cut from Washington. Uh, He's now signed a deal with the Panthers for three years. He wasn't happy because apparently the commanders told him, literally told him and his agent they were not going to release Ionidas, and then they obviously did. The reason this is a problem is because he wasn't released for when free agency full on started. There was a few days after before he was released and that gives teams a chance to negotiate contracts with other players in the same position, so it gives him a bit of a it gives them a head start and puts him in a slightly worse position when trying to get a deal with the team, but obviously he's now signed with the Panthers, so great news for him. Then for defensive ends, you also had Jordan Phillips, who was cut from Arizona. Kerry Hyder from the Seahawks and then Benson Mayowa from the Seahawks too. Defensive tackles, star Latulale was cut from Buffalo. The 32-year-old missed time due to injury and also sitting out the 2020 season because of COVID-19. And eventually Harrison Phillips took over his starting spot. Even when Latulale returned, he did not get the starting spot back. Inside linebacker Joe Schobert was cut from Pittsburgh. And then Nick Kwiatkowski was cut from the Raiders. In terms of cornerbacks, Janoris Jenkins was cut from Tennessee, Logan Ryan from the New York Giants, and Trey Waynes from Cincinnati, and finally for safeties, DeShazer Everett was cut from Washington. Okay, same as last week, because that's a lot of names, let's break things up a little with my call my bluff for this week. So my bluff this week comes from Matt in Spokane, Washington. Thank you, my friend. So Patrick Mahomes had the highest quarterback rating of the AFC West last season, and also had the third highest in the league. So, it's interesting because that's quarterback rating, not passer rating. I need to make that distinction. So, passer rating is basically an NFL statistic purely based on passing. And quarterback rating was a system made by ESPN to more accurately depict a quarterback's performance on every play. So, it's not just based on passing. I think for that reason, I'd say false. I definitely think Mahomes was higher than Carr last season in the AFC West. But... There's something in the back of my mind telling me that I reckon Herbert's quarterback rating was higher than Mahomes. I think maybe his passer rating would have been lower than Mahomes, but I think as an actual in terms of quarterback play, Mahomes' start to the season was a bit shaky. So I think Herbert probably has the edge there. In terms of the league, I'm gonna guess that Burrow was higher, and then I reckon Rodgers must have been top. So that would have put him in the thirds, but I think because of Herbert, I think Herbert's the the spanner in the works there. So I'm going to say that because of Herbert, I'm going to say this is false. Yeah! Okay, great. Four for four. It was false. So Mahomes was fifth in the league in quarterback rating. And Herbert was actually third behind Brady and Rogers. So fourth was fourth was Matthew Stafford. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Mahomes had a higher passer rating than Herbert last year, but was lower in quarterback rating. That was kind of what I was thinking. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Cool, thank you for that Matt, that was a good one this week. And yeah, as I said, 4 for 4, so so still going. We're still going to be riding this success as long as we can. Now in terms of players that were signed to new teams, quarterback Carl Allen was signed to Houston from Washington. Then after that monster trade for Deshaun Watson, JKB Brissett was signed to Cleveland from Miami to be his backup. And then... More recent news in the last 24 hours, Marcus Mariota was signed from the Raiders to the Falcons. So that's obviously after Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts and Mariota signs a two-year deal with the Falcons. This is a good move. i I, I say I spoke about Mariota last week. I don't necessarily think he's going to you know knock anyone out of the park and knock anything out of the park whilst being a starter. But he's going to be a serviceable starter for the next couple of seasons for a Falcons that I reckon are probably going to start being in rebuild mode. Then in terms of running backs, Brandon Bolden went from New England to Las Vegas. It seems like Josh McDaniels and Ziegler are trying to build up a kind of some basic pieces from New England to put into Las Vegas in terms of the running backs and fullbacks, because there was a fullback signed to Las Vegas from New England, but I'll mention that in a minute. Raheem Mostert goes from San Francisco to Miami. He's a good pickup. There's obviously the Mike McDaniel link. He was the old San Francisco offensive coordinator, who's now the head coach of Miami. I think if Mostert stays injury free, he can be a very, very good lead back. He's he's got some incredible speed. He's shown after his two hundred yard performance in the NFC Championship, he can carry the load and play well in those games, those those big games. So, there's a good sign him, and then you pair him with Chase Edmonds, you've got a player who's uh, who's a phenomenal third down back, and then they've got some good depth with Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin behind them. So it's looking like a, a good running back corpse for Miami now. Damian Williams signs with Atlanta from Chicago. And then Matt Breeder goes from Buffalo to the New York Giants. Matt Breeder obviously had a few good games last season. Brian DeBole was the offensive coordinator for the Bills last season. He's now the head coach of the New York Giants. So I can see why he brought him in. In terms of fullbacks, Alec Ingold goes from Las Vegas to Miami. And then Jacob Johnson goes from New England to Las Vegas. So obviously what I was talking about, bringing in some players from the Patriots because of that link there with McDaniels and Ziegler. Some interesting wide receiver moves, so Alan Robinson signs with the Rams from Chicago. This is a, a good move for Robinson, I think pairing him with a, a class quarterback at the end of the day is great for his career. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, because obviously you've had Robert Woods, who was traded for a sixth rounder to the Titans, so they, after Woods' injury, his ACL injury last season, the Rams kind of saw what their offense was like without him. And I guess they thought it was prolific enough that they didn't need to bring him back. So I get that. It's a good pickup for the Titans who need some more some more depth and, and good depth at wide receiver. Woods was playing incredibly well before his injury last season. So that's good for them. And then obviously with the Odell Beckham situation, Odell's obviously showing that he's still a fantastic player. But having two ACL injuries on the same side... Do the Rams kind of think maybe the longevity is not going to be there, even if we re-sign him, maybe that's going to be a problem. So with a with a sort of crowded wide receiver room at the moment, I mean you've obviously got Cooper Cup who's going to be the top target, then you've got Alan Robinson, Odell Beckham Jr., and even Van Jefferson who had a great season last year. So you've got a lot of a lot of depth there. So it'll be interesting to see if they re-sign Odell or if they don't and they go with the kind of jewel of of cup and robinson next season as their as their main receivers byron pringle signs with chicago from kansas city ty montgomery or i've written down as a wide receiver but he's kind of like a hybrid wide receiver running back at the moment signs with new england from new orleans a player like that a kind of more dynamic player who can play a bit all over the field is has bill belichick written all over him so there's a good pickup from them Juju smith schuster signs with kansas city from pittsburgh smith schuster didn't get any kind of contract talks with Pittsburgh at all, and I think going to Kansas City is good for him. He's, he's got that kind of number two ability, and it seems like he's happy to just go to a, a contender now, so it's so good for him. Rashad Higgins signs with Carolina from Cleveland. Dallas bolsters their wide receiver corps a bit. I mentioned them last week with James Washington, who signs to Dallas from Pittsburgh, it's so a good pickup. Return specialist Jakeem Grant signs with Cleveland from Chicago. And then Jameson Crowder signs a one-year deal with the Buffalo Bills after playing on the Jets last season. In terms of tight ends, Tyler Conklin goes from Minnesota to the New York Jets. I liked how Conklin played last season. He was a uh, starting tight end for me in a few fantasy leagues. So I'm interested to see what he does on the Jets and kind of keep that momentum going. Gerald Everett goes from the Seahawks to the Los Angeles Chargers. So he goes back to LA, but not to the Rams this time. He goes to the Chargers. Austin Cooper goes from Cleveland to Tennessee, you see Tennessee are trying to really build up that receiving core a bit more. So now you've got AJ Brown, potentially Robert Woods as your second wide receiver, and then Austin Hooper as your tight end, so some good moves by them. Hayden Hurst signs with Cincinnati after being in Atlanta, it's a good pickup for them. I've always thought Hurst was quite an underrated player, and now obviously CJ Uzoma has gone to the Jets, so yeah, good pickup by them. Buffalo gets some more help with their receiving corps with OJ Howard, who's signed to Buffalo from Tampa Bay. He'll obviously pair up with Dawson Knox, so that's a pretty incredible couple of tight ends that you had to work with there. And then Ricky Seals-Jones goes from Washington to the New York Giants. In terms of right tackles, recent news, Leo Collins signs with Cincinnati from Dallas. He, the charismatic guy, literally told Burrow, your new bodyguard is in town after you sign with them. So Burrow gets some real... Real help on the O-line and some guys who look like they're really going to look after Burrow when they're there. In terms of guards, Austin Blythe goes from Kansas City to the Seahawks. Tom Compton goes from San Francisco to Denver. He was a starter in San Francisco, including the playoffs last season at guard for San Francisco. It's a good pickup by Denver. And then Andrew Norwell goes from Jacksonville to Washington. In terms of centers, Bradley Bozeman goes from Baltimore to Carolina. And Scott Quessenberry goes from Los Angeles Chargers to Houston. On to the defensive side, defensive ends. Dante Fowler Jr. signs with Dallas from Atlanta. Jordan Phillips, who I mentioned earlier, signs with Buffalo from Arizona. And then Lorenzo Carter signs to Atlanta from the New York Giants. Atlanta were obviously pretty bad in rushing the passer last season. And in 2020, Lorenzo Carter, Tories Achilles... It took him a bit of time to get back up to speed for the first 13 weeks of the season. Last season, he didn't have a sack, but then across the final four weeks, he had five sacks last year. So maybe Atlanta are thinking he's kind of got back from those injury woes and now he's got a lot of potential. So it's a, a solid signing, I'd say, a solid signing. Defensive tackles, a couple of run stoppers, you had Foley Fatoukasi signed with Jacksonville from the New York Jets, and then Quentin Jefferson signed to the Seahawks from Las Vegas. Outside linebackers, Jake Martin signs with the New York Jets from Houston, and then Damian Wilson signs to Carolina from Jacksonville. Inside linebackers, Corey Littleton signs to Carolina from the Raiders. He played in all seventeen games last season for the Raiders and had ninety-eight tackles. Then some interesting moves in cornerbacks, you had Darius Williams signed to Jacksonville from the Los Angeles Rams, and then Casey Hayward signed to the Atlanta Falcons after being in Las Vegas last season. So, Haywood had a really good season last year. So, even at the age of 32, he played amazing. It was really a, a true number one. He was he was rated as the, the top cornerback actually in the league by a pro football focus last year for quite a few weeks. Uh, this is a good pickup for Atlanta, getting some help with those defensive backs in the secondary. Marty Burns signs with the Seahawks from Chicago. Then Terence Mitchell signs to New England from Houston. Logan Ryan, who I mentioned earlier, was released by the New York Giants. He signs with Tampa Bay. And then a good pickup by Las Vegas, I'd say. Ante Averett signs from Baltimore to Las Vegas. He seems to have improved every season since he was drafted. And he was he was kind of put in a sink or swim position last year with all the injuries that happened to the Ravens at cornerback. He's put massively to the test. And it seems like he definitely met expectations. So I'd say he's got quite a high ceiling. It's, this is quite a high ceiling signing. And he's also just a good general cornerback too. With that cornerback one potential, worst case. Then, in terms of special teams, Johnny Hecker, the punter, was signed to Carolina from the Los Angeles Rams. I mentioned, obviously, he was released by the Rams last week. Cool. We've done the done the players signed to new teams for smashing through it once again. So, on to some news and updates to break things up. So, Matthew Stafford was extended by the Rams after they won the Super Bowl last season. He gets a four-year contract with a value of $160 million. So, they've obviously settled in with their quarterback for the next few years. In terms of trades, there's some monster trades this week, so Devonte Adams was traded from the Green Bay Packers to the Raiders for a first and second round pick this year. He then signed a five-year, $140 million deal with the Raiders. So there was some talk there with Green Bay actually offering a bigger contract to Adams, but it seems like he wanted to reconnect with his college teammate Derek Carr, and so actually took less money to go at the Raiders. But now Derek Carr gets his true number one, and Adams is obviously happy. So this is a, a very good signing for the Raiders. Then, the biggest trade of the week, and once again, another mention of a trade which was one of the biggest trades in actual NFL history, Deshaun Watson was traded to the Browns from the Houston Texans. So, the Texans trade Watson as well as a 2024 sixth round pick, and then the Browns trade to the Houston Texans, their next three first rounders, a 2022 fourth round pick, a 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 fourth round pick. So... Browns get who they think will be their their starting quarterback for a a long period of time and then obviously the Houston Texans get a lot of draft capital so win-win for both teams maybe we'll see we'll see how Watson plays we'll see who the Texans get with the picks but yeah that wraps up the news and updates for this week Now moving on with free agency, let's talk about the players that were re-signed this week. So quarterback Joe Flacco was signed to a one-year deal with the Jets, he was extended. Deshaun Watson, obviously I mentioned he was traded, but after being traded to the Browns he signs a five-year 230 million guaranteed deal for the most guaranteed money on a contract in NFL history, so nicely done there. Then I mentioned Matthew Stafford's four-year extension. And then after all the talk of where Jameis Winston would go, he re-signed with the Saints on a two-year, 28 million deal. So they obviously seem to feel like the Taysom Hill experiment is over and they're rocking with Jameis Winston. So it looks like they've probably got their quarterback there. So nice, nice. Hopefully he has some good years after coming back from his injury. Running backs, Tevin Coleman signs a one-year deal with the Jets. James White signs a two-year extension with the Pats. And then talks of Leonard Fauna visiting with the Patriots. But he's re-signed with the Bucks on a three-year, 21 million deal. So that's a good good little partnership there. He had a very, very good season last year. Continuing with Bucks, let's talk about wide receivers. You had Chris Godwin after he was franchise-tagged. They finally reached a deal. He's franchise-tagged for the second year in a row, but he signs a three-year, 60 million deal for the Bucks. So good for him. Obviously mentioned the Devante Adams contract. Five years, 140 million. Massive contract. DJ Moore then signs a three-year... Extension for Carolina worth just under 62 million. In terms of tight ends, Max Williams signs a one year extension with Arizona. Right tackle Trenton Brown, after talks about where he would go, he re signs with New England for two years. Then Demarcus Lawrence signs a three year, 40 million all guaranteed contract for the Cowboys. Inside linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. signs a one year extension with Cleveland. Cornerback Jaron Williams signs an extension with the New York Giants. And then Safety, Malik Hooker signs a two-year 7 million extension for the Cowboys. There we go. Smash through it again. Episode two of free agency. Beautiful done. Beautifully done, or I should say. So to finish off the episode, we'll chat about some of the controversies and then I'll obviously give you my album of the week. So starting with the controversies, Ed Rusher from Michigan, David Ajarbo, Tories Achilles at his pro day. There's a bit of sort of contentiousness here because all the coaches kind of just stood around and watched as he writhed on the floor in pain. I understand that they're obviously not medical professionals, so they're trying to step out of the way, but someone just actually got up to the guy and asked if he was all right. There was one of the coaches in the drills who literally wandered past him whilst he was on the floor, picked up the ball they were using for the drill, and then kind of just looked indifferent to it. Like, you don't have to go up to him and start trying to heal his foot with the powers of God, but... Just say, you're right, mate? Are you okay down there? Like, just say something. Like, as a human being, it's a bit inhumane to just wander past and say nothing. Even if that's all you do, you just show some show, some interest and just say, are you okay? And then let the medical professionals do their thing. You don't have to intervene. You don't have to, to do anything that would compromise his injury or anything. But just, you know, say something. He's not a piece of meat. He's a real like, human. Do something. Then on to a lot of quarterback news this week, to, to say the least. So Matt Ryan was traded to the Colts for a third-round pick. The Falcons take on 40 million in dead cap space, which is the most in NFL history for the Ryan trade. I think it's a good move. I mean, the the, the Falcons aren't anywhere near being any kind of contender. So what do you do? Do you, do you sit with your aging quarterback who's still playing well and then just kind of stagnate for the next few seasons or do you go actually let's trade him away, give him a chance with another team and we'll bring in a young guy and Marcus Mariota may coast for a next couple of seasons and try to build some draft capital and rebuild this team. So I think it makes a lot of sense. As I said, Mariota is a very, very good good backup, probably the best in the league to be honest. And he's had good time as a starter, so I think it's a good move for the Falcons to bring in someone like that. And who knows, maybe he could have a bit of resurgence. You've had players like Ryan Tannehill, who've had trouble with injuries in the past, and then they've come in and and you know not played top level, and they've had the support around them, and then they've they've done well with their team. So that could be a situation for Mariota. And I think the Colts, I mentioned, obviously the pieces around them that would be good for a quarterback to come into. Uh, I think Matt Ryan's shown what you can do without the pieces around him so he goes to the Colts with those pieces so I think he's going to succeed very well I think it'd be good for the Colts to sign another another good wide receiver or maybe draft a good wide receiver this year uh, at, at, obviously they've got Michael Pittman and then T.Y. Hilton but Hilton's been on and off with injuries the last couple of seasons so if they can put that that piece around Ryan then I think the, the Colts can be a perennial playoff team next year so I'm looking forward to watching them in the Deshaun Watson trade to the Browns, obviously I mentioned the trade details, but there was a bit of controversy there, and a bit of some people weren't so happy. The Browns said they performed extensive investigative, legal, and reference work, but they didn't contact the lawyer himself or the 22 women who were represented in the civil cases against Watson. It's it's always going to be a difficult one with this kind of stuff because it's basically where does the you know where does the accountability stop and where does the buck stop? Like their main thing as an organization is to obviously win games and improve their team and they've seen a quarterback who they know is going to improve their team and they've gone for it. So I think I understand that because the thing is no matter what happens, the it's up to the NFL to reprimand and suspend Watson if they do. I don't think that's up to the Browns and also the Browns can't sit there and base their future on, you know, conjecture. At the moment, he's has no criminal charges brought against him and the civil cases are there, but... You know, you don't know what's going to happen with the civil cases. Yeah, the charges might be brought against him there, but it might not. So they can't just sort of sit back and not trade for someone based off what might happen. They kind of just have to go by the situation. I think obviously it's going to show a lot more about the Browns if it does come out that any of these civil cases are are true and that Watson gets some kind of charge within then. I think then it's up to the Browns how they decide to deal with that and obviously the NFL how they decide to deal with that but there will be some kind of suspension but I think as a team you kind of have to just go off the current situation and what's happening and that's what the Browns has done and so we'll we'll obviously keep on it as the situation develops but I, uh, I understand the frustration for people and they don't think it's right and so on but... My opinion is you you can't just presume a guy's guilty. It doesn't look good, but that doesn't... What you think it looks like and what the facts actually are are two very different things. So we'll just keep chatting about that conversation and about the situation as it develops. And finishing off with the the other Browns quarterback in, in kind of limbo at the moment, Baker Mayfield. So he's obviously requested a trade from the team. I think this is a good pickup for a team that he gets traded to like obviously last year he didn't play amazing but also had a shoulder injury and other injuries for the whole season and i think regardless of ability that shows a player with a lot of heart and a lot of leadership and i think for maybe a team like the the seahawks maybe a good good player to go there obviously they're starting a rebuild mode they got a lot of picks he'll be a good good player to bring in and maybe test and see if he can, he can develop uh, like quarterbacks in the league for if they're relatively good for a long time. So it might be that Baker gets a bit more of a resurgence when he goes to this next team. And I think as a, even if you're rebuilding, you need kind of leaders and veteran leaders around the team. And I think, you know, Baker Mayfield got drafted into an organization that had no wins and within two or three seasons they were a playoff team so regardless of what you say about ability there's some leadership there and there is definitely some ability there so I think for a team like the Seahawks it's probably a good signing and that's my my prediction on where I'll end up going okay well thank you for listening to all the NFL parts of this it's time to bring up my album of the week So my album of the week this week is a, a stark contrast of what I won from last week. So last week it was obviously Limp Biscuit, Chocolate Starfish, and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water. This week we're going a bit more got a bit more country around here with Chris Stapleton's starting over album. If you haven't noticed yet, I've got quite an eclectic music taste. So the the albums are gonna jump forwards and backwards between different genres. Maybe one week it will just be a movie score, but I'll just keep surprising you as I go along. But yeah, this is a great album. I always love there's there's, some, there's quite a lot of grit to his voice and his lyrics are always really, really good. They always tell quite a story. Very easy to listen to. If you're driving along, it's nice for driving. If you're sitting there in the evening and just want to chill, there's a nice album to front in the evening. There's some more powerful songs and some more powerful vocals. So yeah, Chris Stapleton's starting over. Give that a go. Okay, beautiful people. Thank you again for listening. This was episode four of the Clutchdown Podcast. Follow me on all the social medias at Clutchdown Pod and at Clutchdown Podcast. And then I'll be back next week with more news and free agency, and more news and all the updates and controversies that are going on with the NFL. See you guys later.